Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm -hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey, guys. I'm Jerry. I'm Sierra. Oh, I'm Nick Pryor. <laughs> and we are people who are continuing the conversation about the current climate of our country. Um, Nick is the third person that we're talking to uh, in our attempt to educate ourselves about uh, racism and white privilege and everything else that's going on currently. And we want to make a disclaimer that we are going to be getting back to our more traditional content, but we felt that this was really important. We had talked to two different women from different parts of the country, and we also wanted to give Nick an opportunity who Nick is a black male. <laughs> so he's going to come on and give his perspective because it is going to be significantly different um, than a female perspective. But we also want to make it known that it is not the black community's job to educate us. So we wanted to give, um, we wanted to educate ourselves. We wanted to start conversations because oftentimes people don't seek out these tough conversations. So we did that, but we want to encourage people to do your own research, educate yourself. If you have questions, if you're struggling with things, there's a plethora of resources for you. It is not the black community's job to educate you. So we wanted yeah. to say that yeah. <laughs> before getting started, because I know people's uh, DMS and inboxes are full of like, Hey, what do I do here? I don't freaking know, man. Figure it out. Okay. So, <laughs> right. 
we wanted to say that before going on. So, Nick, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, first off, that was a perfect public service announcement. Uh, <laughs> um, me, myself, I am uh, Nick Pryor. I am originally from Pittsburgh. I uh, grew up in a small town about 20 minutes south or north of the city of Pittsburgh. Um, graduated in 2000, went to a predominantly white college at Muskingum, um, then moved, graduated from there, moved to T County, lived in Dover <laughs> in Philly for about um, uh, probably a good 13 years I lived there. Um, and now I currently reside in Stark County in Maslin with my wonderful wife and three kids. Awesome. And I don't know if you want to mention this, but you, your wife is not black. No, my wife is white. Um, I'm not married to a black woman. I have a white wife. Um, <laughs> kids are biracial and all my kids are to the same woman. I don't have multiple baby mamas. Uh, no. <laughs> um, and I'm married to her. So, yes, my wife is white. Yes. And she's there Not right that- now. Hi, Alexis. Hi. <laughs> Not that that matters, but I think people, that's like a question people wonder sometimes. Absolutely. And yeah. it can pose sometimes its own, not problems, but problems, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's for sure. Set of problems. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a whole nother dynamic of yeah. being black in America. Yeah. I took a quiz today on BuzzFeed and it was, you know, because BuzzFeed is the place <laughs> you go for all things. But it was kind of like checking your privilege and it was covering things uh, from race to religion to sexuality, gender identification, uh, socioeconomic, all of it. And one of it, one of the questions was, um, I have never felt uncomfortable with PDA with my partner in public. And I was like, oh, no, I don't feel uncomfortable. But then I realized they're not asking me about, like, do I feel comfortable kissing or holding hands? They're saying, is the person that I'm with, does that make me uncomfortable? And Shane Shane and I were both kind of like, oh, like same-sex couples. And then I thought, well, I wonder if some biracial couples also – and it and it it can be uncomfortable um for that's for me not only is it hard being black in america but it's also being black and and not having a uh quote unquote black queen as my yeah. wife so it can get uncomfortable when you have people from the black community who look at you like you know Oh, you know, he must have chose her because she got money or or, you know, something to that agenda as to, oh, he don't like his own kind or, you know, why why is he with her or he's, you know, scared of the black woman or whatever, which is none of the above. My I was born and raised uh, that, you know, you love who you love, regardless yeah. of color. Um, it's, you know, it's not so much of. Well, I have to be with a black woman because that's what you're supposed to be, which some people raise their kids and that think that's how it's supposed to go. I don't believe in that. Um, you love who you love, regardless of skin tone. Um, and so you I get that from the black community where it's like you get the side eye, you get the, you know, what are you doing with her? You get those. And it's like, yeah. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, um, I was going to ask about that too. Do you guys experience that from both white and black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Like it's so. It's like, well, you guys are from T County, so like in T County, I'm the token black guy. Yeah. The only black guy in the bar, so, um, of course I have a white girlfriend. Um, right. You know, I'm the token black guy, and then it's, uh, it kind of goes with one of your questions of the whole, um, uh, like micro racism things where it's mm-hmm. like oh you're the yeah you're not black you're the whitest black guy though or and it's like why because i can have a conversation or we can i can speak english and my english isn't broken and i'm not walking around with my pants are hanging on my butt or or whatever the case may be so it's like in t county it was okay to some because of course, I'm the token black guy in an all-white town, but, you know, to others, it's like, you know, what's she doing with him? Or, yeah, know, yeah, that, stuff like that, so. It's interesting that you bring up that point um, of being in an all-white town and having people say certain things like that to you, because I wonder if the mentality is there's, like, no in-between. You're either the educated, uh, respectful black guy or you're the thug black guy. You're right. either like, oh my gosh, you're not like the rest of them, or you're the, I'm fearful of you. Right. And you know, I, th- I think a lot of it, you know, people try to say the whole, you know, media plays a part. I think it does in a sense of, like, if, if you honestly ask yourself when you watch television, nine times out of 10, African Americans play either a sports figure, a thug, a drug yeah. dealer. Or you rarely see him as like lawyers or doctors, or you rarely see that. Wow, and, yeah. But so when you look at it on TV, they're they're thugs, they're they shoot guns, they're you know we're killers, we're or we're we're hell of an athlete. So it's like if that's all I know, and I never see a black person ever because I live in a predominantly white town. When I see one, it's like, well, you don't talk like those. You like why aren't you yelling? You're Where's your birth name? You know, it's like, and it's like, just because I don't look like what you think I'm supposed to look like, like, it doesn't make me any less of a black person. I'm still black. Yeah. But I get that because it's like, again, predominantly white town, there's rarely any blacks around. All you know is what you see. Yep. And so what you see on TV is... Oh, you 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 have to be fast. You have to be incredible. <laughs> you have yeah. to be ball. Like I suck at basketball. I'm terrible. So, <laughs> I, you know. I actually had uh one of again, like the only black women that we had going to our school, and she was the same way. Everybody would be like, Are you gonna do sports? And she's like, Why do you automatically think that I'm good at sports? <laughs> like, right. I'm not. Right. But that was the one thing that everybody constantly said to her without knowing her at all. Right. And she's like, That's so I never knew that the way that you just put it was perfect because I I guess I never thought about it like that. But especially when you go back and watch like nineties movies, oh my gosh. Oh you know that's all you see. Yep. Everyone's black. They're they're, you know, they're great athletes or, you know, they're thugs and they wear bandanas and their pants hang up the butt and they're selling drugs. And yeah, you know, so it's like if I don't if I never see a black person, then I see one. It's like, OK, you have to be very good at sports or 
you sold drugs at some point in time in your life or how many times yeah and it's like none of the above yeah Yeah. it's i i feel like if you are someone who um is well spoken there's still that assumption that like at one point you weren't at one point you got your life together good for you (laughs) so just being like wait a minute can we just pause and maybe think about the fact that maybe that's not an accurate representation and it's just like picking what you need for the media right. and that's it right yeah. so, so like what i used to do in t county from time to time like when they would say you're a white black guy no and then i'd be like okay well i here i'll talk some ebonics for you to make you feel <laughs> a little bit more comfortable about so i'll tell you that i'm black enough for you i'll, I'll speak <laughs> broken english and here let's race down the street or you can throw me a football and i'll jump 20 feet in the air that'll make you feel better about me then then we can do that no problem at all my blackness (laughs) well that again that same girl that i was friends with in high school she used to get that constantly and she would always be like we have the same education we went to the same school why do you assume that i'm gonna act a certain way right right Uh, well jerry do you want to jump into these questions yeah do you want to go first let me pull them up real fast. I'll go first because I got okay. them up. Okay, Nick, I'm going to shoot some questions at you. Okay. Can you remember what age you were when you first experienced racism for the first time? Even micro, any kind of. I was eight years old. Um, there was a cop in my neighborhood. Um, growing up, we played in the street. We played street football. We played kickball. We played high and go seek. Like the sidewalks in the street were our playground like that's what we did that's what we played and there was always one cop in our neighborhood we called him robocop um anytime we were playing um he would come he would show up he would try to uh he put his lights on he flashes you know he'd make the whoop whoop sound and uh, he would try to interrupt the game he'd try to take our ball he'd say we're, we're interrupting traffic we're blocking traffic and uh the one time he came like he took the ball and I snatched it from him mm-hmm. and he like threw me on the ground. And, and my, luckily my dad was looking, my dad came outside, stopped him. And, you know, my, he called me a thug and <gasps> I he needed to raise kids better. And my dad was looking at him like, my son is great. You're the only cop in the entire force that comes around here. There's multiple cops that drive through here. You're the only one that ever stops yep. and interrupts these kids. Why? What's your problem? And he said, they're blocking traffic. It's like, no, we're not. When cars come, we stop, we move, we get out of the way. Like, you're the only one that ever comes around and stops us. That harasses us all the time. So he let me go. And then that was also kind of like the first conversation me and my father had about um, police, um, why they are the way they are. Um, I have, I had an uncle who was killed uh, due to police brutality in the 80s. Um, And they came to my grandmother's house and told my grandmother that he was ran over by a tractor trailer. But when they went to see the body, he was like broken bones, face bruised, everything under the sun. It's like, if he got ran over by a tractor trailer, he would be crushed. Right. This doesn't go with the whole, your stories don't match. Yeah. But, nothing there came of it and so it was like i learned that as a kid 
and then my dad, you know, had always said it. it wasn't so much that cops are bad. It was that there's just certain people in this world who don't like you for the color of your skin. You can't fix that. You can't can't change your skin tone. You can't bleach your skin like you are who you are. But not everybody is going to like you because you're black. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's no test that you can take before becoming an officer that proves that you're going to turn into that person. Right. And see, and see, for me, like, it also goes back with the whole thing where I think a lot of, in my opinion, some police issues is I go back to what I was saying about, like, you take a, we'll we'll take, would you take a kid from Wainwright, Ohio? Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no blacks down there at all. Right. All he sees is what he knows on television. So let's say he watches nothing but, I don't know, Chicago PD or or whatever the case may be, where blacks are just thugs or this or that, and he wants to be a cop. Yeah. Take him from Wainwright, Ohio, and put him in a place like Canton or, you know, or Cleveland or Columbus. He's on edge. He's scared. And you put him in a predominantly black neighborhood, he's scared. He's terrified because, again, all he knows of black people is they're thugs, they're crazy, they're loud. You probably got a gun on you. You're probably doing drugs in your car. So, of course, he's on edge. And then you then you take a black guy where some black families raise their kids to be afraid of police, to say the police are bad. So, again, when you have two people that are scared, and one has a gun, nine times out of ten, the one without a gun ends up dead or hurt or something happens. And it's like, so to me, I don't want to say all cops are bad. Are there cops who get on a power trip? Are there cops who don't like black people? Yeah. But I don't believe in all cops being bad. I feel like, like you said, the the training's bad, very bad. Um, And... I think that sometimes there's there's cops that you get cops from a all white small town and you stick them in downtown Columbus and they're terrified. Yeah, right. They don't, they don't know any better. They don't know that, hey, you know, not all black people are bad or not all black people sell drugs or, you know, hey, this this guy you're pulling over, he's just a regular guy like you. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that. So it's like already, you know. I got my gun unclipped. I'm ready because you're you're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. Yep. Oh, traffic ticket because I ran a stop sign. Right. Yeah, and I think it's also um, important to what you said. Like a, some black people, a lot are raised to be even if they're not like told all cops are bad. There's definitely like an inside fear there with it. Yeah. And then when you get that fear instinctually we all have a fight or flight response so it's like if if they start to run and then it's like oh he was doing something bad but i i that's the thing that bothers me when i hear people that are like well he should have this well he should have that but until you're in a situation and your body reacts instinctually you will never know right right so you can't just say you can't shoot somebody just because of that right because you're scared you can't always say you hear it a lot of the times where they say, well, if you just would have complied and listened to the officer, maybe then that wouldn't happen to you. But again, if I'm answering your questions and I'm telling you, hey, I'm reaching for my 
my wallet or, hey, I do have a gun in the car, but I have my concealed license for it. If a cop is scared and he doesn't know anything about the situation or know you as a person, all he knows is what in what is compartmentalized in his mind. Of course, it's no, 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 no. You're going to kill me. I'm going to kill you first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just like in a lot of these cops minds, I don't know this black person. All I know is what I've been taught. Right. Black people are like the same thing. How am I supposed to tell the difference between the good cops and the bad cops? You all wear the same clothes. So (laughs) especially like when you said your first, I mean, that made me when you were talking, it made me emotional, obviously, because my son is eight years old and I cannot imagine having to have a talk like that with him or to see an adult do that to my son. I think I'd lose my mind. literally. (laughs) So That made me emotional when you said that. But at that point, so that's your first interaction that you have with them. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow up, it's like, how do you get untaught that? They okay, have so, to do- so like, like for me, like, again, my, my parents, didn't, because again, I, I have an uncle who's a cop as well. Right. So I, I don't, my parents didn't raise me to fear police, but they raised me to know the difference between right and wrong to know that. Again, some people just don't like you because of the color of your skin. So I, and this is something I learned the other day too. So as a kid also, um, the N word, mm-hmm. when I was a child, um, it, in a dictionary, it was, when you looked it up in dictionary, it read ignorant person. When you look it up now, it says a black person. Uh, a, a derogatory term for a black person. It changed, and I didn't know that. I looked at it the other day. It changed in 1998. They it's changed. in the dictionary? Yeah, it's in the dictionary. But in the dictionary, like, when I was growing up, so I'm kind of older than you guys, but when I was growing up, like, my mom always said to me, like, if someone says that to you, it's, for one, it's how they say it. So when they're, you can tell when someone's saying it with hate in their heart. When they ain't saying it to you, like, in that way, of course, they want to do harm to you. So, of course, you need to do what you need to do, defend yourself, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times people say it. I, okay, this goes back to kind of what you guys are talking about with Paige and, and we're saying that I, I'm, you know, people take power over that word. I, me, personally, I feel the N-word is, in my mind, it just says you're an ignorant person. Yeah. But there's people who use it in a hateful way. People who say in a hateful way, you know the difference. Yeah. I have I have white friends from home who grew up around nothing but black people and say that word. It doesn't bother me because yeah. I know them, I know they don't mean it in that way, but then also like since I I've, I've been in Ohio since 2000, since 2000. I went to college and so so 20 years I've been in Ohio. I've been in four fights since I've been in Ohio in 20 years and every single time has been because I was called the N-word. Yeah. That I, that blows my mind. I didn't realize until recently, because I've seen it, I've heard it, like you said, I never really thought anything of it because it was never said around me, at least, <laughs> in like a derogatory way. It was always like in a song or, right. you know, just 
Although I always thought it was weird because I grew up in a mainly white place. I'm like, what are you people? What are you doing? (laughs) Whatever. But I guess it goes back to the way like the only real encounter we had with that word was through a song lyric and not through an aggressive, um, I don't know, name calling. Yeah, but like, like you, 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 like it's almost like it's it's like for black people, like that word, like. So if if you're mad at me and I'm mad at you, it's like like the girl saying, if I called you a bitch, and I yeah. said in that way, you know. Oh like, yeah. I'm disgusted by you. You're you're this and you're that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so it's like, but if I was like, hey, you cracker, or you. <laughs> that yeah. sounds stupid it doesn't even like i would laugh right <laughs> but it's like so it's like but if someone's like hey you white bitch then it's like yeah okay like you're trying to offend me you're trying to hurt me yeah now we have an issue but to right. so like so that so to me the n-word is like how women see the word bitch like i don't to me Again, the N-word is an ignorant person. So white people can be ignorant. Black yeah. people can be ignorant. Mexicans can be ignorant. Like anybody can be an ignorant person and dumb and, and not know anything. But I think people have put more power to that word. And again, I, it comes from way back. I wasn't raised that way. I know what the word means. I know how it offends black people. I know the history of it. But I was always taught growing up that when people say that word to you in a hateful way, you know, then they're trying to demean your character. They're trying to hurt you. They're trying to offend you. But when they're like, hey, my nigga, like, I don't. Because, like, yeah. I, I hate the argument that black people say, you can't say it, but I can say it. Yeah. Why? Like, I don't, I don't mean, I don't understand it. I mean, I, and it's, uh, Lexus is over here shaking her head. She don't agree with that, but. <laughs> That's why I was laughing, because I know her stance on it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with it, but like I said, I, I grew up around black and white kids, and I have white friends who grew up the entire, their entire life around black people. So yeah. their black friends are just saying it, saying it, saying it, and it slips. I'm not going to beat my friend up because you yeah. said, I don't, I don't look at it that way. But yeah. there's an established trust with oh, that I, person. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm not just gonna say no, no random Joe to be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> that ain't gonna work. But people that people that I know, people that I've you know, I I you know broke bread with or drank with or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Alexis is saying no. She doesn't agree with that. <laughs> um. Do you want to move on? Yeah, I'm trying to, because some of these we've answered in conversation already, so I'm trying to skip some of them. Oh, yeah, because um, the next question we just kind of answered as well. Yeah, and do you want to talk more about micro-racism? Because you kind of touched on it in the beginning. For me, as as a, I think for me, like, I hate when people say you're not black. I, that just... That's worse than calling me the N-word. Like, I, I hate that. Like, what makes me not black? Yeah. Educated? Because I can I can speak a full sentence. Like, what makes me not black? I Like, that hurts, like, bothers me to the core when someone says, you're the whitest black dude I've ever met. Or you're just, man, you're not, you're not. 
you're not black enough. And it's like, what what does that mean? What's that mean? What does what does you're not black enough? I'm black. I know the history. <laughs> I know my history. I'm no different than you. So because I'm married to a white woman or you know, I, I don't I I didn't I'm not living in the projects or you know, I'm not standing on a corner. That makes me not black. That makes me, you know, I, I'm not black enough in your eyes, or I'm too, uh, I'm, I'm not woke. That's what I say. I'm not woke. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I think stupid. Yeah, like there's a scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, like you're, you're either, you're either, yeah, you're like a scale blackness. Like if you had a black woman, you live in the projects, you sell drugs, <laughs> you're black and you're woke every right to be out here doing God knows what. But if you're educated and you went to college and you, you know, married outside the race, eh, we got to take, take your black card from you. You, you can't hold that. That's I see. That's something that I had heard people say to my black friends and it had never registered to me until recently. And I was like, that is so offensive because what are you saying? When you think you look back and you think about what you're truly saying to that person it, it blows my mind that I ever heard it and didn't say something like that. I let it go or that my friends and it's, I feel so bad for them now because they were always around white people. And it's like, how often do you have to defend yourself? So right. I could tell them getting tired. You could tell that they weren't, they would be like, what at first they'd be pissed. Like, well, what does that mean? And then later on, you could just tell they're like over it. I'm not going to explain this anymore. Why it's wrong. When I have that conversation, I'll just, I'll be your token black friend. I'll be be that guy that you said seen it on Facebook where I got black friends. There's Nick right there. Nick can Nick can speak for me. Like, no, I'm not that guy. Yeah. It is weird when you think about what you're saying when like what takes away the black card. Mm -hmm. So I can only remain black or I can only identify as black if I fit into this bubble of oppression, (laughs) of not being educated, of not having wealth, of not having a stable secure relationship with right. people right i have to have multiple baby mamas and and yeah then then i then i'm black enough then i then i can fit what you're talking about but and i hear that again i hear it from both sides yeah yeah that uh, it, that's like <laughs> blowing my mind sitting here and thinking about how rude that is but how people just like say it like yeah. it's not rude that it's just like normal for people, especially around here to say it. They're just like, you're so white. And it's like, yeah. what? Right. Okay. Like white is a standard. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to, because you said that you grew up in, you were definitely in more culturally diverse place when you were growing up. Right. And then you moved to a mainly white, mostly conservative town where we live. <laughs> Yay. Uh, what were some major differences between the two? Um, okay. So like, um, I, I enjoy when I first moved to Dover, like, so my hometown paper, when I read it or looked it up online, I read about drug deals, killings, or, you know, so-and-so's house broken into and, they got thousands and thousands of dollars and found so many drugs and this and that. And when I first moved to Dover and I read you guys is like stuff online, like it was like, Hey, Sierra's son's bike got stolen from such and such address or, or, um, 
it was like minute things and i'm like what the hell like what <laughs> I, I i i caught in my mind i was living in mayberry and all my friends were <laughs> pittsburgh and they were like bro you live in mayberry like what <laughs> like what are you doing country town like you don't belong here so <laughs> like it was for me I, it was that and then it was when i went out it was um just being the only black guy in the bar literally yeah. and like it was such a shock when i would go to another bar i can't remember the name of it twilight i would go oh, there <laughs> All the black dudes from like Kenton and Akron and all that that would come down here. And I'm like, you know, what? Why would you guys drive all the way down here? To like, <laughs> yeah, that. Like it was, you know, you rarely seen any blacks. And then as I lived more in a town, like to me, I was blown away more so where it seemed like you only seen blacks on a certain side of town. They weren't like my town. They're everywhere. Yeah, I, I lived like in a in a in a quote unquote ghetto, but there was blacks everywhere. Like in Dover, it seemed like there's only blacks on one. Well, okay, so I went. To, my friend went to school in Dover, um, and she and I were just having this talk the other day because she again was like, I had no idea that this was wrong when I was growing up that we would talk about it like this, but that same thing, she was like, there was a whole street and there were definitely like different, it was like Mexican and then a lot more black families. Like all of the families that were not white that went to her school, like lived in that one area. And that was it. Like, like this is weird. Like why is everybody all on this one street? Yeah. And she told me. Good. Oh, I was just going to say, she told me that they used to call it in school. They would call it the ghetto. That was what the, how they referred to that street. And I'm like, right? I was blown away. And that's not even close. It's not. Even close. It's yeah, not. Wow. But yeah, it was like, to me, it was like, why are, why is everybody on this one street? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what or why, like, if they just have never moved and like, yeah, but it is. Yeah. Um, so, so that, and then, like I said, I went to a, I went to a predominantly white college as well, and and like I took a African American studies class, and I learned when I was in school. I didn't know this. Um, we were in class one day, and um, like Muskegon, when I was there, my freshman and sophomore year, I think there was a total of like twelve blacks on the entire campus. Um, and we all kind of hung out, you know, whatever, and uh, had an African-American studies class. And majority of us were in that class as well. And I didn't know this like, was a class, but on the on the one school building, they have a plaque that says the building was dedicated by da 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 da, da. Well, on the plaque, it says, uh, like, groups of people. And one of the groups of people was the Guernsey County KKK. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? No lie. No lie. I swear. Like, there's a there's a plaque in the hall. I forget what hall was. There's a plaque in the hall. And he's told us in class that there's a plaque in the hall. And it says that you go down to people who donated money. And one of the groups of people was, it's the Guernsey County KKK. I oh. was like, 
legitimately terrified. I call my dad, like, get me the hell <laughs> Like, KKK is, like, down the road. Oh, no, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, so, so going there and then, like, even in that class, like, the professor at the end of the class, he would always, like, we'd have, he called discussion. And I'll never forget uh, the one discussion we had where um, he'd asked a question. And I'll ask you guys the same question. So he asked a question where, because um, there's white and black kids in class. So he asked the white kids, he said, if you were walking down the street and you seen three black guys coming towards you, bandanas, pants sagging, you know, playing loud music, talking crazy, what would you do? Would you walk through them or would you cross the street? And so the majority of white kids were like, I'm crossing the street. So they're like, why? Like, you know, you don't know. And they, they gave their reasons why. So then, like, all the black people were, like, shaking their head, like, man, this, you know, of course, small towns, you know, whatever. So then he asked the same question to us where he said, you're walking down the street. You look up. You have three skinheads. You see swastikas. You see, you know, uh, you know all the I hate you know Nazi stuff. I hate black people. This and that. What do you do? And most of us were like, I mean, a few crazy people like I'll walk through. I don't care. It's like, <laughs> same thing. It's like you're crossing the street. Well, what's the difference? It's what you know. It's what you see. So you were taught as a black kid. You you know you learn that Nazis are bad, skinheads are bad. They don't like anybody but white people. And yeah. the same thing with white people. Where if all you know is thugs and bandanas being bad, of course you're going to be scared. Yep. But at the same time, back then, that was a uh, like a. The style of how people dressed. People wore bandanas. Black people were. Yeah, I seen pictures with Lexus with, you know, dressed up like, quote unquote, whatever. That was it. That was the style in the nineties. Like fuck, Tupac dressed like that. It wasn't. Didn't mean anything, but it was like style clothes. How people dressed. But again, it goes back to what you see is what you know, and like, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't taught. Some people don't like having those conversations with their kids. They just let them watch it on TV. And then when something happens, then you want to have that discussion. Then you want to say, you either say, hey, you know, those are bad people or this means that or this means this. But if you're never taught that and all you see is what you know, then that's what you base it off of. But yeah, I went to Dominion White School where uh, hall was dedicated by the Guernsey County KKK. Yeah, I can't believe he stayed. I hope I hope <laughs> like, that goodbye. Comes down. <laughs> right? Why is that still up there? Scratch it out. Right, 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 right. That's I insane. mean, this is kind of jumping ahead, but this because you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Did you see what Stone Cold Steve Austin said about the Confederate flag? Yes, and I would I would love to talk about that. Um, because I just had this discussion with one of my white friends the other day, and we were just talking. I didn't get mad. He didn't get mad, but he was talking about, um, Lexus got mad, but he was talking about, he said the same thing that it's, it's our history. 
And if you take down that statue, then why not take down the Lincoln Memorial or Martin Luther King statue? And it's like, okay, let's let's talk about this for a second. Like you're you're saying that the Confederate flag and Robert E. Lee statue is history. What history is that? Like right. it stands for like the Confederate flag was the flag for the South. The South wanted to keep segregation, they wanted to keep slavery. It was about oppressing the black man. Okay. And then in the north they wanted the opposite. So they lost the war. What what is there to honor? What is right. there to, what is there to talk about? What is there you want to talk about history? I mean sure talk about the Civil War. The Confederates lost and the story. I don't yeah. care how great of a general Robert E. Lee was like who who cares? He lost the war. And then people turn around and say, well, like that lady, I read that comment and she said it means history, it means lineage, it means it's our it's about our family. And it's like Who's okay. <laughs> right? What does it stand for? It stands for segregation. It stands for slavery. Could the Confederates wanted to keep slavery, but yet we live in the United States of America. So if all men are equal, like you shout and scream about the flag, <laughs> you know, then why wave your Confederate flag? Why why are you proud of that? See, whenever we had the whole thing with um, the kneeling and all that, and then, you know, you got people with, oh, that's disrespectful. I was always like, what is more disrespectful than the Confederate flag to the American flag? And you're waving that and then saying that kneeling is disrespectful. I never understood that. Not only that, but, like, we're in Ohio. Why do you have a Confederate flag? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Ohio was part of the North. They weren't part of the South. So why are you waving your Confederate flag? You yeah. know what? know why you have it don't tell me it has nothing to do with dukes and hazards or whatever case may be <laughs> yeah to me yeah. that's like another form of micro racism i mean right. it's not micro it's pretty like amplified Blatant. racism to me but i think that's the saying it's history is their way of like hiding behind it behind it then then you go back to like i say like we were talking about I me mean, Alexa was talking about like okay you say history so in your in your history book, social studies, you learned about slavery. What was it? A half a chapter? It yep. was years of our country. It was probably half a chapter in the book. So that's four hundred years of history that you don't talk about. You right. choose not to talk about. But you want to honor Robert E. Lee. Mm -hmm. You want to wave that flag of a when again it was the country was split. One wanted slavery, one didn't. The one who wanted slavery died, or they lost. So he lost. He's a loser. <laughs> right. So why are we honoring? Yeah, it's not the same as Martin Luther King. It's not the same as Abraham Lincoln. It's that's like that. That's like I'm not, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna. I'll, say I don't know if this is what you're gonna say, but to me, that's like a German having some piece of Nazi memorabilia or having a monument to an SS officer and saying, this is a part of our history. And do they not, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Germany, especially if you have anything like that, is it not like immediately like federally illegal on that level? Oh, like you can't display anything. Real serious. Like absolutely not. Right. And Which is exactly how it should be, because it's it, like, hey, that's a piece of history that we don't need to. I mean, you can talk about it, but we don't need to keep memorabilia. Hi. Hello, people. History books exist. OK, like right. you're not going to lose history by getting rid of the flag. <laughs> I don't the statue of General Robert Lee. I don't. Right. 
it's irrelevant. He lost. I don't yep. care what he did in the war. He lost. And and like and like I was reading more about that. And like when you ask people about the Civil War, they don't even. The only thing they talk about is the Gettysburg, the fight at Gettysburg. Well, what else happened? That's what I know. I know that the <laughs> lost, and there was a battle at Gettysburg. We really didn't learn that much about it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think I memorized the Gettysburg Address. Before we went on our eighth grade trip, we all had to memorize <laughs> the Gettysburg Address and stand up in front of the class and recite it. Yeah, right. that's <laughs> that's For awesome. three days straight, people just stood in front of the class and repeated the Gettysburg Address. I was yeah. like, can we move on? Let's learn something else. <laughs> Come As on. a former teacher, I know that that's just like a way to get three days off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make these kids memorize this and then recite it. And I could just sit at my desk. (laughs) I have Um, noticed that like multiple monuments are coming down though. And that the Marines, I think it's the Marines just made the Confederate flag. Like they banned it. They banned it. As they should. Because again, like I said, I don't see the point of that flag. What is the point of it? Yeah. Well, especially. Especially the Marines and like the Army, it's like okay, if we're looking back at it, like th- that's the, the opposite side. You side. Want. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing. Sorry, I've been quiet, but I have to chime in on this. Here's the other thing. we have all these white people shouting that we just need to be one and we need to unite and we need to do this and that. But then when we want to talk about tearing down memorials that clearly, you know, stand for the division in the country. It's a problem. So it's a hip, it's a hip, hip, it's a hypocrite, hypocritical statement to say, let's unite. Let's not see color. Oh, but don't touch our historical monuments that represent that very division. Segregating. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I will say this is not the first time that people have been outraged by the monuments or the Confederate flag and all and uh, nothing has ever changed. But I feel, I don't know if it's because of what's been happening in the last couple of weeks with the protests and things, but shit seems to be happening. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it goes for me. It kind of goes with the whole, um, school shootings. They've been happening forever. You know, I remember Columbine and all that. And, you know, people were mad. People protest. People talked about it. But I think the last one, what was it? I think it was in Florida. Yeah. Yes. Is marched on Washington. There's been a difference. Yeah. They're, they're like they're trying to change a lot of things about, you know, how these because it's it's ridiculous that little Tommy's upset and Tommy goes and steals Daddy's guns and goes into school and then you're fighting because you want to keep your guns. Your kids are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Those kids are dying and you're upset because they want to take your AR 15s away. What do you need it for? I I mean, I think, I think it goes with, so I think it, I think with this, with the protests and everything that's going on, I think it's, 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 I'm, I'm begging and hoping that for once, something changes because as a black man in America, I'm tired. Like it's, it's beyond frustrating. It's beyond having to see and read about and watch. And like, it's just, it's, and it's not even, and I'm not even going to just point out George Floyd. Like 
when you look at Ahmad Arbery, mm-hmm. and so that happened in the South, and uh, you know there's supposed to be good folks down there, and that stuff don't happen down there, but literally he was hunted down because yeah. of the couple. It had nothing to do with, you know, that that's another thing that people get away with as being a black man that bothers me like you never hear of a white guy getting pulled over or stopped and saying you look like a robber or you look like somebody somebody described that was breaking huh? you you rarely hear that but yeah. as a man you get pulled over if you got tattoos or even not you can say you look like this guy get out of the car and it's like what like yeah, you fit every description <laughs> every description that, that this person drew a sketch drawing of you you look exactly like what we're looking for get out you're under arrest and it's like with Ahmaud Arbery like he was hunted down by two white men and what bothers me about that story is and what bothers me about George Floyd and what bothers me about Breonna Taylor and Tamir Rice and every other killing that happens is there's no accountability for these people at all. Um, If you decided to say, hey, I'm going to go and hunt down. You know what? I see Lexus over there. She looks like a bad person. She's looking at, she's going in and out of people's construction homes that aren't built yet. Let's go kill her in broad daylight and then go home and watch cartoons for two months. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Exactly. You're going to jail. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. There's no, you're not sitting home for two months. There's no, uh, well, you're making a citizen's arrest, so that'll work for you. No, you're going to jail. Yeah. Like, Ahmaud Arbery's killer sat for two months before they got arrested. Breonna Taylor's killers, they're not even in, they're not even locked up yet. They're still out here. They just yeah. opened the investigation. <laughs> yeah. She was killed in early March. It's June. Yep. And then this with this cop in Minneapolis, again, he killed that man. It was clear as day, broad daylight. On he, video. On video. And he went home for five days and they protected his house. Yeah. So what what do you what do you really think? And people talk about the looting and Target and this and this and that and that. Like if they wanted to go burn his house down, his house was protected by multiple police. Mm-hmm. So what are you supposed to do? We're angry. Black people are angry. This has been going on. I, I shared a I shared a thing on my Instagram that had a it was a time magazine cover page and it was a line of cops riot gear and a black guy running and it said america 1968 you scratched out 1968 they put uh uh 2016 and then they scratched out 2016 and put 2020 1968 that was 40 years ago wow and it's still happening yeah and we want to pretend like it's not. And right. And it's it's not, it's not like another one of your questions that I think you guys asked about something that bothers me about this whole Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. I tell you two of them. Okay. One 
is obviously all lives matter, okay? No one's saying they don't matter. No one's saying white people don't matter. No one's saying Mexicans don't matter. Of course, you, we all matter. We understand that. But right. black people are getting, this has been happening since 19, since it's, it's been, we, we've been enslaved in this country for over 400 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say more, but like when you think about it, when you look at it, so we left the South because we're slaves down there. We get to the North. Now we're getting beaten and bullied and brutalized by police officers and white folks. And people are just killing black people for whatever reason. And, and they get away with saying, I fear for my life or um, what else do they say? You, you look like somebody that, you know, was going to do something or, you know, something to that agenda. So, it it's like to no end where you just say like what 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 are we supposed to do yeah what, what and i think for me the, the biggest thing that bothers me about another thing that you know devil's advocate to black lives matter i hate hate i'm saying again i hate people like candace owens uh the Hodge twins, uh, these black people that Trump builds up like they're uh, black America. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. Because all they do is give white people a reason to say, look, that black person agrees with us. It's what you said earlier. It's like the token black person. Look, this is right. my token black person. And they think what I think. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. all Candace Owens is. Mm-hmm. Because every single time a black person is killed, immediately they go to, he was stealing candy in the third grade. Oh, he slapped it. He got multiple baby mamas. Oh, look at his record. And that's exactly what she did in her her post that she put up about her video that she made about George Floyd. Oh, he's terrible. He's horrible. He, look, look at his record. He held a gun to a pregnant lady's belly. All oh, that is irrelevant. Yeah. I went off about he that. He had mm-hmm. a bill, so he deserved to die. And yep. she said, it doesn't mean he deserved to die, but bad things happen to bad people. No. No. See, no. I didn't know about that video, and it was brought to my attention. Um, the person who was telling me about it was like, so she said that, you know, he wasn't a good guy. And so it's not that bad things should happen, but like he shouldn't be a martyr. And I said, do you know how many terrible people are in the Bible that God used to change the world? Right, right. I'm I'm not going to sit here and talk about a man who can never defend himself. I don't know what his upbringing was. I don't know what his financial situation was. I don't know what his education was. I don't know what the system did to him. I don't know why he did those things. And she goes, Jerry, you're pregnant. What if that was, what if the gun was held to your pregnant belly? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I wouldn't have had a good time, but I'm not going to sit here and say that a man deserved to lose his life. And you know what? Maybe all of those horrible, maybe, yeah, he did those horrible things, but he lost his life. And if the world can change because of it, what a beautiful thing to come. You know what? And like she says, she was saying like black people is only people who build up these, the lowest denominating people. They build them up like drug dealers and Jay-Z and rappers and this and that. Um, Let's, let's, let's reframe that for a second, because don't we still learn about Christopher Columbus? Oh, 
Oh, damn. Don't we still learn about him in schools? He didn't find America. Yeah. No. Not at all. But nope. we built, he has a holiday. We build him up. We still talk about him in school. We still celebrate the pilgrims and the Indians and all this crap. When in reality, he raped and pillaged a, a people. Murdered a lot of people. He called something his own. Wow. That's, that is such a great point that you just made. You know, and it's like, and it's like, so how are we the only people that built, like, we still talk about Christopher Columbus. You guys are still fighting for Robert E. Lee's statue. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't under, I don't understand how, like, she just, she's not black. She, (laughs) there's something wrong. I just, I don't believe, I think she is a, I think she's a talking point for Fox News and Trump and the ignorant white people to say, look, there's a black one. She sounds like us. She she looks like them, but she sounds like us. So I'm going to point out her views. I'm going to point out what she's saying. I, I saw an analogy today that I was reading where the guy said, like, what she did is literally like, you're at a funeral and we're talking about how great of a person you are and this and that. And then someone stands up and says, uh, but all that isn't true. Yeah. I, that's not all true. Jerry, Jerry wasn't, she wasn't a good person. Jerry, Jerry sold drugs. And Jer- you don't want to know that at some, somebody died. Why is that important? Mm-hmm. Right. Why does that matter? And that's all she talked about. And that's all these people. Oh, black lives don't matter because if black lives matter, why aren't they marching in Chicago? How do you know they're not marching in Chicago? Yeah. How do you know? And then on top of that, again, the murders and stuff that happened in Chicago, they get arrested. They go to jail. Yeah. That is the big, when I see people, well, black on black crime, first of all, let's talk about white on white crime, because, hi, that happens so much, too. Do we forget that if you're living in an area with all black people and there's crime happening, what do you think it's going to be? And same with all white people. And it's a whatever. Yeah, that's what Lauren brought up when we talked with her. Yeah, it's it's like it's bound to happen. But it drives me nuts when people say that, because it's like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Those people get arrested those people right yeah it drives me they want to punch chicago and you're killing each other and 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 we don't even take care of our own community and how do you know that and again talking point to get away from the fact of a man was just murdered for no reason in broad daylight over a counterfeit bill Mm -hmm. five cops showed up to arrest a guy for a counterfeit bill Really, I'm not saying all cops are bad because I don't believe that at all whatsoever. But that's a job. That's your job. That's what you signed up for. Or is is a cop's job dangerous? Absolutely, one thousand percent. But I can understand pulling your gun if you're at a domestic violence or a robbery or something like that. You're saying he resisting arrest, and four of you are on him. One guy got his knee on his neck. With his hand in his pocket, smiling, you got him handcuffed on the ground, and he deserved that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it if you watch the video, it's after two minutes of him not moving, of them saying he's not breathing, he's not awake anymore, like he lost consciousness. They still sat on him. So right. at what point then did it become 
did you realize it wasn't a threat anymore? So my my thing for all of it for me that I think that's gonna make me feel better about it is you know often in the black community they make examples of black boys. You do a petty crime, you get caught with a nickel bag of marijuana, you get 15 years in jail. We're gonna make an example of you so your friends know that this is what they're gonna get. Make an example of this cop. Make an example of these people in uh, Georgia who killed Ahmaud Arbery to yeah. say, this isn't supposed to happen. You're going to jail. Cause you know what, like in my hometown, I was arguing with this lady. My hometown, a cop got killed by a black guy, okay? The chase, allegedly the, the kid shot him, cop dies. I'm not, it's horrible, it's a horrible event, but the hate and the animosity of all these people about find this kid, I don't care how you get it. They shut Pittsburgh down until he was caught. They caught him, it wasn't even, a, he was thrown in jail, he already got a life sentence. Uh, they're trying to give him the death penalty. And again, why can't he say he fear for his life? Because he's a yeah. criminal. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely a double standard. Well, that's the when they. Yeah. It's horrible. So it's just. I did just see that Minneapolis is disbanding that's the what they police. Said. That's what they said. Yeah. That's and what they're they refunding a new security i forget how they worded it um that they're figuring something else out right now that they're putting their funding somewhere else for change it's time for stuff needs to happen like you know you have these old white men excuse me who've written these laws back in the 1820s and they're still here today the rules change the rules yeah. different. it's not how it was back then the same shit that happened back then is still happening now. We're still going by the same laws. And the problem with it is that these cops are have a brotherhood. They mm -hmm. have the blue line they follow. And it's just like the cops in Buffalo. If that video was never out there, that old man would have tripped and fell. Yep. Right. And, and there was how many cops watching? And now that it's out there, 57 of them quit because their buddies got suspended so what does that tell you yeah it tells you i'm sticking to my own i'm sticking to them i'm going to defend them tooth and nail when at the end of the day they were wrong yep. they yeah yeah you knocked down you shoved a 75 year old man because he was agitating you he was instigating really mm-hmm Real. And at what point in any other in any other even line of work, but also just being a normal human. But like if I were my boyfriend's a nurse, I was a server, a bartender. If a man got in my face and it has happened to me quite a lot and I shoved him down like that, not only would I be fired, I'd be fired instantly, but I'd also probably get an assault charge on me. Right. You're That's any other job. Yeah. It's like for some reason. For in some people's mind, there's no such thing as a bad police officer. That doesn't happen. Yeah. There has to be a reason why George Floyd, why that man was on George Floyd's neck. There has to be a reason. Because there's no way a cop would treat somebody like that. It happens all the time in black communities. Yep. And with and that process, when you think like that, then it's easier for the cops to then assume... I can get away with things because people right. already think that they're going to, people are already creating excuses for me. I don't even have to do it. Right. Yeah. 
there's no accountability at all. It's 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 he he, he deserved it. He look, and that's what they do. Because again, wh- what did they do after George Floyd first died? They immediately came out and said he didn't die of asphyxiation. He he died of underlying medical conditions. What? Yeah. And then it, then now more comes out. Oh, he had a record. Oh, he had methamphetamines in his body. Oh, he had this. He had that. No. All that don't matter. You killed somebody in broad daylight. You're going to jail. Yeah. Right. If I had, let's just say I had a boyfriend, okay, and he was on meth or whatever. He had a record. And he was coming after me like we had a domestic dispute. Still, if I strangled him, I would be arrested. They would still arrest me. I would at least have to go to trial to prove that that I would have to prove my case of like, there has to be some kind of, like you said, accountability. You have yeah. to be able. You know, to... and I, I think for I think for Black America, it's like they're charged. Be happy. What more do you want? How many times have these people been charged and get off? Philando yeah. Castile, the man who killed him. And this cop got the same lawyer that that dude got. Yep. Right. So it's like. Do we want, yes, we want the justice system to work in our favor, but it rarely ever does. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but if we're talking about records, let's talk about, um, is his name Derek Chauvin? Is that how you say his last name? Let's talk about his record because he he shot multiple people. Didn't he kill somebody else? I know he shot other people. He had 18, 18 complaints. Yep. And then Al, that Chinese, the other Chinese cop, he was on, he's in trouble too for doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't bring up one person's record in it and not bring up the other person's record. Why is I that just, guy? Right. I, I feel bad for the police that are out there now that are dealing with the riots. Yeah. And all that. Not right. But these people that say, why loot? Why do this? You're burning down your own cities. You're doing this. You're doing that. It's been going on for centuries. People are tired. We're tired. Don't know what else to do. Right. We tried to kneel. You've tried, yeah. Called sons of bitches. You're disrespecting the military, even though a military man told him to kneel. Yep. We're disrespecting the military. So then we tried a peaceful protest. Now you can't do that. You got a curfew at nine o'clock. You can't be out here doing this. You can't be out here doing that. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah. Again, the whole time, all these protests started because, again, he killed somebody and you stood there and did nothing. And then your DA or your prosecutor came on there and said, we don't have enough evidence just yet to charge any. Which is insane because it was on. We all saw it. Like the whole world, the whole world is upset. You don't have enough information. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You mentioned something. Breaking down target. Sorry. (laughs) You mentioned something about um, officials and laws being written so long ago that don't apply anymore. And one of the questions you asked us is um, that we're a younger generation and that we don't really understand racism as how it was originally taught to us. But like, why then is our generation being so loud about it? Right. So, um, like, so question. my question is like, so you guys come from predominantly white town. Um, and um, I, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Um, but there's a lot of people who say, why now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why, 
why does it take all this when this has been going on forever? So why now? And at the same time, like, I'll ask another question after that, but just, yeah. So just say like people who say <laughs> you, you have no idea what racism is or why, why are you so loud now? Why do you, why do you want to feel like you need to be for the cause now? And what would your answer be? Um, okay. So I was kind of talking to my husband about this earlier um, because I don't want to say that George Floyd is what broke the straw that broke the camel's back. It is. And he's not for me. He's just the reason that I got vocal because yeah. what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, cause I, I'll be honest, a lot of the other things that were going on, I was totally oblivious to. Yeah. I was, it was a very much so like not my town, not my concern. And, um, I didn't ever have, not that I was looking for more information. I just didn't have information period. And I didn't seek it out. I was too concerned in my own life. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Right. And, um, when I saw being a mom changed a lot for me, mm-hmm. having boys changed a lot for me. Right. And I, I think maybe that was the shift in perspective of, is now I'm a mom and I'm seeing things happen to other mother's babies. Mm-hmm. And, it broke my heart and I, I remembered crying on a walk looking at, and I posted this on Facebook, but I had seen a black man and his son walking across the street from my husband and our son. And I was like, if, if we were in an area and there was a cop here, like they might be afraid. I, we'll never be afraid of that. And, um, I, but I didn't say anything. I said nothing. And then Brianna Taylor was murdered. And I said nothing. And then George Floyd was murdered. And I was like, I can't be quiet anymore. I feel, I felt the white guilt, but it was like, I was realizing that it wasn't enough to not be racist. I needed to be actively anti-racist because it's, it doesn't do anything for me to just be accepting and want equality. Right. And we talked more about, um, to kind of elaborate on your question of like generationally, it's kind of like younger. I mean, you're seeing the 75 year olds go out, but it's not, it's not a lot of the older generation, but what the problem I think is, is that all of the people who are in power who are in the government are like in their sixties and up. Yeah. (laughs) And so their view of the world is so different than our view of the world. And the problem is when we inherit what they leave, we don't want it to be shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I agree a thousand percent. I agree a thousand. And I also think, uh, cause I've always been, I mean, I wasn't like going out and doing the things that I was, but uh, like on Facebook, I was vocal about things before. I didn't really know. I was almost like, "Mm, I don't want to make this my, you know, I'll be completely honest. Also, I didn't want to piss off like family members or friends who might be like, why are you getting so upset about this? It doesn't even directly affect you. Why are you? Cause I get called annoying now for what I've been posting <laughs> seriously. And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to do the right thing. But so I think my, my biggest thing of why I wasn't as vocal, why I wasn't educating myself as much, why I wasn't reaching out and having these discussions and things like that was because I didn't want to rock the boat. And at this point it's been, it's, it's too much. I feel like I just told my boyfriend the other day, I'm like, I feel like this is a point in my life where 
I know now. And I can't claim ignorance anymore. I can't claim like, I didn't know what was going on. I know. And I will never go back to not knowing. So now this has to be my fight too. Because again, like Jerry said, I cannot grow up in a world where my son, I can't let this be the world that my son lives in. And he's not even black. But or your I, son. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I just said to my friend, um, Lauren. She has biracial kids also. And I was like, I will not stop this, Lauren. And you guys, too. I won't stop this until your kids have the same life and the same opportunities and the same, like, not fearing for, you know, the, the, just my son can go outside right now. And he was playing outside earlier with the Nerf gun. No worries at all. And I know that there are black kids that can't feel that like when my son if a cop drives by he waves to him he's there's no it's like exciting for him to see right right so that's that's my thing now and i've noticed a lot um before i was going to say this earlier but i've noticed there was like three groups it was like very vocal of white people there was like very vocal against the stuff then there was like the middle group which was just like not racist, but not really talking about mm-hmm. it. And then there was like vocally racist people. And now yeah. I have noticed the the people that have been silent, the majority have either picked a side, which I think is good because I'm like, let me know where you stand so right. that I can let you know where I stand because I'm it not cool. It helps me out a little bit better. So I know. Yeah. No. And at this point, I don't give a shit if I lose family members. I don't give a shit if I lose friends. I'm just like, there's and I, and you know what, and I, I will say I appreciate both of you for doing this. Um, one thing I will say for you guys to, because it, it will happen probably. Um, you know, Black America may come for you, and, yeah. and you know where they say like, you're saying this, and you're saying that, but what do you know about? I would say to educate yourself a little more on Black history, like yeah. Not because there's a lot of white folks out here that want to talk about, and you see it, Sierra, because I see you and Lexus on the same post arguing all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. A lot of white people out here that want to throw out Martin Luther King quotes and 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 say he's this and say he's that, or put out pictures of Martin Luther King saying he wouldn't stand for this, or you know. And it's like, but do you realize this man was arrested how many times? Do you realize yep. he was bitten by dogs and sprayed by fire hoses? Like, he said more than I have a dream. Yeah, you right. You realize that. You know, and, and, like, Malcolm X wasn't a violent. He didn't hate white America, but it was, like, so I would say keep educating yourself on black mm-hmm. history because there's a lot of it. And I know in our social studies books as kids, we didn't learn too much about black history. Yeah. I mean, probably half a chapter or so, but there's a lot of history of black about black people. Um and but what I, we learned I, was whitewashed. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, 120%. Absolutely. So I will say to you guys, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I am happy that you guys are doing it. And maybe just maybe with the amount of white people speaking out now, it it might make a change. It might be something different. Like these cops may be charged and thrown under the jail or put into general population where they can get their ass kicked and everything <laughs> under the sun. But you know, it, it, it takes, it takes one. And I just, I'm, I want to say thank you, uh, from the bottom of my heart because I appreciate it. Um, because again, you don't, you, you do get to silent white people or you do get to, you do get to 
you know, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. It's not my house. It doesn't, you know, it's kind of like, I, I think I treat this like how COVID is. Like people don't care until it affects them. Yep. And if it's not affecting them, then I don't care what happens. I don't care what's going on. It's like, but you claim you have black friends and you want equality for all. And you want to stand up and put your hand on your chest and say, this is the United States of America. And we're not, this isn't united at all. This isn't equal for all. And I read this, this lady said the other day that, you know, white people keep talking about how we should just be happy what we got. No, it's not, you, you know, it's not segregated anymore. And it's like, and it's, she said, no, you should be happy that minorities aren't exacting revenge and all we want is equality because for the amount of pain and suffering and hurt that America quote unquote has done to minorities you're lucky yeah. you know blacks and, and Indians and, and Native Americans and Mexicans aren't out here killing people and doing everything under the sun because yeah. again we want equality you preach about it it's in your books you talk about it, but in all reality, this is not the United States of America. We're not united at all. Yeah. Did you have, do you have any more questions? Other questions? Uh, one second, Lexus. I will say, though, in this pause, that I have bought two books recently. I'm very excited to read them. <laughs> so I am trying. I, I just bought the White Fragility book because I thought that one would be important. And then I bought another one that was called The Color of Law. So yeah. people look it up if you want it, The Color of Law. But it's all about the government, seg like the segregation um, that yeah. the government did back in the 50s and 60s mm -hmm. and how that started st systemic racism and it's it, it's things redlining we, and all of that yeah i had no idea about they don't teach you about it i would never no. have known so now i just am like i have to teach myself because it was never and taught that's to one me. Uh, that's one of the things in moving forward yes we're going to go back to some normalish type not normalish, but some uh, more on-brand on content. I don't even know how to like <laughs> word that, but that's one of the ways that we want to continue is like, again, Sierra reading things and then telling me about them <laughs> yeah. so that we can create more conversation. Um, but something that's so that I want to become more educated on and something that's interesting to me, you kind of touched on earlier about, um, making examples of black kids with like a small amount of weed going to jail for a, a stupid amount of time. Um, and there are progressive DAs who run on the platform of saying like, that's not the way to do this. You need to acknowledge that there's certain systemic things happening that cause people to be in these situations and we need to provide them with resources, not throw them in jail because now Absolutely. the jails are overrun and these, it's just a really terrible cycle and there are better ways to handle this, but progressive prosecutors and progressive DAs are not getting put in because people just think they're loose on crime. Mm -hmm. And so there's, and DAs can be helpful and responsible for keeping police in line. And so there's all of this, other side of it that you can use your government to help Rec rectify all of these things but again right. totally oblivious but that's something that i'm 
trying to educate myself on. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't I don't have any other questions. Oh, I do have one more question. Have you guys seen Just Mercy yet? No, no, but I saw that um it's free right now. I forget it's which free. Okay, you need to watch this movie because it goes with all this. It goes about the South. It goes of, you know, and it was, what blew my mind was it was in the 90s that this happened. Wow. So it was like 92, I think 92. So it was like watching this movie, when it was over, I was crying because I was mad and I was happy at the same time, but it was like, it's a really, really good movie. So where can you find it at? You can find it anywhere. I think it's I think it's we have we have Roku, so it's free on like Fandango. Fandango. We watch it on there. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's a it's a really really good movie. And really. can you say the name again for if anybody wants to? Just Mercy. Just Mercy. It's got Michael B. Jordan and Denzel Washington in it. I think. Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie Fox. Uh, something that I really want. You, and you guys can ask him this and he can discuss it. But I think something that's really important that white people don't understand is the emotional and mental effect that um, things like George Floyd being murdered have on people like Nick. Yeah. Because I think that. It hits home. Right. Because it, it, it could be me. It could be my dad. It could be my brother. It could be my son. Like it hits home and it's hard to think that again. And I'm not just saying white people are racist because there's racist in every, you know, black people are racist too, but it's hard to think that there are people out here raising their kids to dislike someone due to the color of their skin to say, hey, you know, don't talk to them, don't mess with them. Don't bring them home. You can't have a black boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, we ain't having it. Don't bring it in this house. And it's like, why? They're no yeah. different than me or you. And it's like, what? Like, why is that such a bad thing? Like, I think for me, for my kids, they're going to know that they're black. I'm yeah. not going to teach them to fear police. I'm not going to teach them to fear anybody. But they're going to know the color. Just like how I was taught. I know who I am. I know the color of my skin. I do also know that there are bad people in this world who just don't like you for yeah. godly reasons, but it just, it, it is what it is. But I don't think that black people are raising their kids to fear police. I don't think it's a good thing because yeah. it just goes back to you. Like I said earlier, you know, I'm scared. You're scared. You got the gun. I don't. And, one wrong move on my part, I'm dead. And you say, I fear for my life. Yeah. And I can't talk about it because I'm gone. And that, uh, I think another big thing is that we have to, which we talked about a little bit on the last podcast, but there has to be something more training wise that they can do because it's not enough. Obviously, yeah. we've seen yeah, that. I, it's didn't, not I didn't realize, I didn't, re- and I saw this the other day, I didn't realize like, like cosmetologists or people who cut hair have to do way more schooling and way more like over double yeah than what they have to do to be a cop i didn't realize that not to mention because i went to school for aesthetics so i went to a cosmetology school i had to go for about um 
a little more than half the time, but still more than the police academy does. I went for, I think it was 780 hours, and theirs are less than 600, I believe. But I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, in the the thing that I think it would should be implemented is I have a system in place right now that I got my license. Okay, and there are people that I have to do so many things, continued education. I have to go and you know because things are changing constantly. Right. And I think I don't see why we shouldn't do that for I I think for police officers safety and so they are not scared as well. Why wouldn't you want to do like continued yeah. education courses or and you have somebody who can take that license away if you don't complete them or you know mandatory psyche valves. I know they do one in the beginning, but that's it. And so it's like your psyche can change after so many things. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you make it consistent? Absolutely. Not to mention, I don't know that this is 100% true because I heard it on a podcast. I do trust the podcast. But I was told that one of the ways that they taught about, um, I don't know if it was racism necessarily, but the the Minneapolis police, whenever they were going through their training on diversity, that's what it was, um, they watched Zootopia. What? That's what? how. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how th- that was a part of their training. Those Watch are bunnies. <laughs> I know it's pre- well, it's predators versus prey and the fear and assuming. No wonder they're one of the worst <laughs> police departments in the world. Oh no! This isn't Disney. <laughs> no. Oh my! Yeah. I yeah. hope that's not true. I, I hope I- that's true. What I- podcast did you hear it from? Um, getting curious with Jonathan, Jonathan Van Ness, he had on, um, the district attorney from Massachusetts and he was speaking to her and What's she? So. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope that's not true. I hope it's not true, but if it is, I'm not surprised. <laughs> right, right. No wonder. Yeah. yeah I, I, at the end of the day, like I said, I just I, I pray for accountability. I pray for um, that this stuff has to change because, like, it's just it's disturbing to see. And it's even more disturbing that people get on here and say all lives matter. And it's even more disturbing to see that, you know, there's still white kids out here that are making TikTok videos, racist videos, making fun of the whole George Floyd thing. Like, it's not real. Oh, like, it matter. Um, that's disturbing. Yes. And, and then they, then when they get caught, their parents come out and say, you know, he didn't mean it. He just made kids one mistake. Kids. He, he, he just made a mistake. Kids, no, hell no. Don't let, mu- don't let one mistake ruin their whole life. That's my favorite line. No, it's just, it's, it's disturbing. It's like, I, I take a break from social media often because yeah, I just, you have to hard to see it's hard to read and it's hard to not cuss people out and if you do like sierra and lexus they argue i tell Lexus all the time get off break like you, you've been tight the last three hours so it's like it's it's hard it's difficult i pray there's change i pray that there's held um accountability and I pray more than anything that there's more white people 
that are standing up and saying because it's not black it's not black america's time to speak about racism we know what it is we deal with it on a daily basis it's time for white yeah. folks to say hey uncle jim you can't tell that uh four black guys in the turf joke you can't tell that joke anymore it's not fun <laughs> you know? yeah or stop telling you know your kids you can't bring a black you can't have a black boyfriend that's not you can't have a black girlfriend but the world's changing not yeah. black yeah no. absolutely um and and the good thing is that i've seen at least recently that people keep saying though the protests and the riots and it's not going to do anything and you need, but i think that we can all collectively say it is doing something yeah they're charging cops left yeah and right. there are changes being charged. made yeah so i mean that also you can also appreciate that because you know you rarely see cops being charged you rarely yeah. see like you know, like I said, that those all those cops in Buffalo, those two cops in Buffalo got charged. Um, but it's also now, like, more and more people are coming out. Like, black mothers are coming out and saying, just charge this guy. This guy killed This guy did this to my kid for no reason. And I never got an answer. You guys did nothing. Like, so I think at the end of the day, there does need to be reform. It does need to change. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that you know, these people were being held accountable for their actions because they should, because you're no different than me or you. Just because you have a badge and a gun, you're human. Yeah. But empathy has been lost in this world, big yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. It's a lot. A so, lot. Yeah, I really, I do hope that the change that is happening isn't just um, a for like, yeah. yeah. I hope it's lasting. I hope that the changes that we're seeing are long lasting and that these companies that are coming out and apologizing or that are making um, stands and, and, and promising to hire more diverse workers and um, show more diversity in their ad campaigns and things like that. I hope that's something that they stand behind. It is not just to save their asses um, because that really will make a huge difference, yeah. especially because the dollar has a lot of power. Absolutely. My, I work for Dominion, and uh, we just had a phone call. Uh, uh, it was across the entire company that they talked about what happened, which I was blown away by. Wow. They don't, yeah, they talked about how it makes people feel, what you can do, how it made other people feel like it was i was impressed yeah I was like, this would never usually it's like you know black people can't talk about it because you're angry yeah you know, don't don't just keep your mouth shut and talk about it at home don't bring that to work because you lose your job because you're angry so but i was thoroughly impressed that they um talked about it and uh the other change that i want to happen and i'm saying this on your podcast i don't really care please <laughs> Go out and vote. Please go out. Whoever listens to this. Yeah. That and we got to remember to vote locally. I think that a lot of times people forget that in like district attorneys, sheriffs, all of that, we vote them in. Yeah. So you got to remember, like Jerry was saying, we have to because right now 
the older population is who is going out and vote, voting for those people. And my mom says countless of her friends will see the R beside it and they don't even see them. Like they don't know who they are. They just see the R and tick, 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 or whatever the D, right. but they don't know anything about their, what kind of people they are or anything yeah. like that. They yeah. just see, this is my party. I'm going to go ahead. So I think as young people, we got to stay informed on those and, that's something I want to talk about. We've never gotten political and you know what? This could affect a lot of things, but I don't care at this point. Same. Here's the thing. A, a lot of times growing up, I feel like people did just say I'm voting democratic or I'm voting Republican. Doesn't really matter who it is, but I'm voting. The problem right now is that the man in office who I don't even like to say his name. <laughs> He's like Voldemort to me. <laughs> Truly the reason that I, because like, did I disagree with Bush? Yeah. I, I don't, that he was not like my favorite person in the world, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't like what his agenda, when he would say things, I wasn't scared for people's lives. Yeah. When he spoke, there wasn't a clear, um, preference of color or gender or any type of person. Yeah. And, and I feel that this man is dangerous because he has allowed certain people to think that they have a platform and that it's okay for them to spew hatred and hunt people down, um, for the color of their skin. Yeah. So, yeah. It is not about taxes. It is not about the economy. Um, no, it's it's not about that. And I'm sorry if if you are such a diehard Republican and, and there are things that you refuse. This is not something that you can look past right now. These are people. These are people's lives. These are people's families. It, please reconsider because I know that a lot of the world cried um, when he was voted into office. Yeah. I remember sitting on my couch sobbing and Shane came in and he's like, what's wrong? And I said, I am so scared for myself as a woman. I'm mm -hmm. scared for my best friend who's Muslim. I'm scared for all of the girls that I worked with who are black. I am scared <laughs> for... Yeah. Um, people who are close to me. I'm scared for students. I'm scared for the LGBTQ community. I'm scared for Hispanics. I am scared for groups of people because these people have been targeted by things that he said. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, that's the other thing for me, like that I was so bothered about this whole George Floyd thing is how it's got turned into this political agenda where it's, yep right versus left and it's antifa or it's not white nationalists like it's trump rhetoric it's trump talking it's he is he is like lexus cried when he was in office i was like shaken to the core because the entire time he spoke you know you know mexicans are this and black people are this and shit old countries and this and this and, and he won and it's like it's like, like it, there's a there's a comedic joke that I always go with Donald Trump where they say, like, uh, 
you know, it's a black guy running for office and white people think it's hilarious. I'm going to vote for Harold Washington. He ain't going to win. There's no way he's going to win. So they all go for Harold Washington. And then they wake up the next morning and Harold Washington won. It's like, what? Like, Trump really, like, he really is our president? And since he's been here, they always say, they always say that every president goes through something in four years. They have a test, a huge test. And it's how they perform and how they respond yes. to what's going on to show you who they are as a person. He's had multiple and has failed every, every single time. Yeah. When when right now there is nothing right now that is more important to the world than um, finding a way to unify all of us. And I think the okay. the and all that he has do done so far has been just. Picking sides or because I don't think he knows how. I really yeah. don't. Because like yeah. as you can tell, anytime anybody says something negative about Trump, he blasts them. Yeah. He, he goes after him. Just like today, Colin Powell was a, 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 a huge war hero in America says Trump is dangerous to our country. I'm voting for Joe Biden. And Trump comes out, cause tells him that. He was the reason that we were in Iraq, and and he's a failed general, and he's this and he's that, and it's like, dude, you're 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 trash. You're trash. Everybody can't keep saying the same thing about you and it not be true <laughs> and be wrong. <laughs> and then this whole thing, like, and I, I'm trying to stay away from it again because I'm on social media, and I don't know how much you follow it, but the amount. Of conspiracy theories. Oh boy! With yeah, Trump. it's exhausting. It really is. It's exhausting. Yeah. And that's the thing about him. I won't say his name anymore. But what kills me about MAGA, where they say we're not racist, <laughs> uh, we're not racist people, but don't you find it awfully often peculiar, peculiar? That every single time a racist situation is going on, one of them are there with that hat on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you're all racist, but <laughs> time something happens like that, one of you are there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're not racist, though. Don't worry about it. You, <laughs> you love our president. I don't. So, yes. Let's the locally... Yeah. Please vote on November 3rd because I'm tired of listening to news and I'm tired of the propaganda and his rhetoric. We need somebody else. Yeah. We well, really and it goes back to what Paige was saying also. Calling people thugs who are that, that right there goes back to like the whole 90s thing with showing your pants sagging and all that. It's like you're you can't group a bunch of people in that name and then also call white supremacists. There was good people on both sides. Like you uh, can't. He's not racist. Right. That doesn't mean he's racist when he talks like that. It doesn't mean he's racist at all. You can't, that's, that's not our president's fault. <laughs> Roger doing that. You can't blame him. <laughs> not, not his fault. <laughs> this, let's just, let's just as bad as 2020 has been. You know, let's hope that this change pushes more change and more change and more change. Yeah. 
And absolutely. Oh, instead of because this year starting out has been shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More change 2020. Absolutely. Yeah. From June on, more change. That's, that's what <laughs> that's what the uh, the motto should be. More change. <laughs> yes. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for coming on. I really so appreciate this conversation. And we're so grateful that you took your time out and you were not afraid to come at us either. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Also, um, I want to do a podcast or anytime you guys will have me back on for anything. I, I have no problem doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great listen. This was a great discussion. Yeah. Get it. Okay, and everyone. Make me feel bad. So. No, I didn't feel it either. He wanted no, no. before. He was like, "I just want to have a conversation. Please don't think I'm being aggressive. Maybe yeah. that's just because you thought because you're a black guy we we're gonna be afraid of you." <laughs> right, I was worried. So I'm good. So listen, thank you. I appreciate it, Sierra. Yeah. Stop fighting people on Facebook. I know you're I trying guess. to throw, but uh, you and Lexus need to chill out for a minute. Go hug your kids or something. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. And we Thanks. will be back uh, next week. Yes. All right. We're out. Goodbye. Right, bye bye. is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.